0: Welcome to the monthly View from the Edge for January 2023. I'm Fritz Folds, the Chief Investment Strategist here at 3Edge, joined here once again today by Eric Beagleisen, Director of Investment Research and Deputy Chief Investment Officer here at 3Edge Asset Management. Today, Eric and I will provide our firm's most recent outlook for the global capital markets, which is based on our proprietary 3Edge research model. I have a great deal to cover here today, so let's get started. And we've now turned the page on 2022. Uh, In this new year, investors remain focused on inflation and the Fed. The Financial Times aptly described 2022 as the year that ultra-low interest rates and quantitative easing died with the arrival of high inflation. In 2022, we were introduced to levels of inflationary pressure not seen in decades. This forced central banks to raise interest rates at the fastest pace since the 1980s and It's certainly conceivable that this rather sudden change in the cost of money might be with us for the foreseeable future. So as we kick off the new year, we've seen equity markets rally, and actually U.S. equity markets outperform U.S. equities thus far in 2023. As inflation has come down from its peak levels since mid-2022, investors have become hopeful that the trend will continue, inflation will continue to decline, and the Fed can engineer a soft landing. Even though the Fed insists that the most likely path for monetary policy this year would be one where it continues to raise rates, in the early months at least, then potentially pauses but holds rates at current higher levels, investors don't seem to be buying it. They are more of the mind that the Fed is near the end of tightening and will soon be able to stop raising interest rates and even begin to cut rates later in the year. So that's a lot to digest. So let me bring Eric in here now. And why don't we start by looking at our uh, matrix, which shows the major asset classes uh, that we look at and show us any changes you know, as we enter January.
1: Great, thanks, Fritz, that was a great summary. Uh, so we see just a couple of items moving here. Uh, we see European equities moving from the minus one spot up to the plus one stop, uh, spot, so that's moving up two spots. Uh, China equities still remaining in that positive one spot. Uh, while U.S., developed Asia, and India remain in that minus one spot. Rates, credit unchanged, we can dive into these, I'm sure. Cash still looking fairly attractive now with a yield over 4%. Uh, gold moving up to a positive one spot, which is interesting, and commodities holding there as well. Uh, so lots to discuss, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely great. So let's uh, let's take a look at the equity asset classes that have our attention here uh, in January. So what is the model indicating?
1: yeah so starting with u s. equities, you know we saw obviously a correction uh, in u.s equities in 2022 large cap stocks like the s and p 500 down around 18 percent, mid-caps down 13, holding up I guess a little better and small caps down over 20 you nowhere really to hide in terms of the size. we still find u.s equities to be significantly overvalued by our measure. I know we've said that for for months and months and months, and you'd think, oh, well, the market sold off, so maybe they're more reasonably valued. Uh, not in the manner in which we calculate. Uh, we would be seeing the beginnings of more fair valuation with an S and P 500 around 3,000. And just to be clear, that is not a prediction of where we think the market's going. Just saying, from a mathematical construct, that would be closer to that range. Uh, you know, from an economic lens, monetary tightening. Buy the Fed is also weighing negatively on the outlook like you just discussed. And investor behavior also isn't helping as the S&P still remains firmly below its 200-day moving average, which in the context of historical bear markets crossing back above would be a necessary, though likely not sufficient on its own condition to suggest that we are out of the woods for the current bear uh, we'll look, as will many market watchers, to the next inflation readings and the corresponding response by the Fed to gain a sense of how much longer this tightening cycle will carry on, when will we hit peak rates, like you just talked about, the longevity of, of holding at these levels, and ultimately the potential for a reduction in rates and or balance sheet expansion. Uh, we'll also be keeping an eye out for the upcoming earnings season, which began on Friday this week, to gain a sense of uh, earnings themselves, but also future guidance by U.S. corporations for 2023.
0: Excellent, a lot to digest there in the U.S. equity land. Uh, Let's look at European equities, which as I said, you know, they began to rally uh, late last year, off to a strong start here in 2023. what is the model telling us about European equities? It certainly look like they've improved in terms of our outlook.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. Our outlook has, has moved to a slightly positive one for, for European equities. You know, unlike the valuation levels in the US, we find the valuations in Europe much more reasonably valued, uh, though this alone isn't really a timing instrument. Um, so that's not necessarily new. So, what has changed? So, uh, what we're seeing is an about face by inflation prints out of the European uh, region you know, they peaked at about 10.6%. And now there's two prints well below this level, suggesting efforts by the region are starting to pay off. Uh, and our European model is very you know, sensitive, particularly sensitive to inflation measures. Uh, we've also seen a turnaround in, in our outlook for the euro, which is now somewhat positive, which boosts the overall equity outlook. And the winter is turning out to be much more mild in the region than originally expected. And combined with a reduction in energy prices that we've witnessed is suggestive that the sell-off in the region perhaps went too far uh, in advance of the winter, and and the recent positive performance in the region may just begin. It. Maybe more, to, maybe more to go there.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's helpful. You know, if you go back to what people were saying before winter set in in Europe, and just how dire that's right the, predi- the predictions dire. were, and you know that that really hasn't materialized. So maybe another reason why they're able to rally here. Mm, great point. All right. Let's look at uh, China and the emerging market uh, equities. Uh, again, both of which have have rallied here in 2023. We've seen China reverse course on its COVID zero policy. We've seen the, uh, the, the US dollar back off, which should be helpful to EM uh, countries, EM equities. So what does the model say in, in China and the emerging markets? This is the other equity asset class we
1: find somewhat attractive at this time. We still find Chinese equities to be undervalued by our measure, despite the gains it's already made from its October lows. Uh, The relaxation of China's zero COVID policy, which you just referenced, has allowed the domestic economy to show some signs of life and may ultimately allow China to become that global engine of growth that it's been in the past. Um, However, risks remain as the true number of active cases and uh, overwhelmed hospitals and fatalities is likely heavily understated, and as we know, an unexpectedly high caseload could lead to future shutdowns or the inability for folks to get back to work, leading to further disruptions. But speaking more broadly about emerging market equities, if, if we've seen this, the peak in US, the US dollar... Uh, that it had this recent climb and then peaked and it's come off somewhat, then non-U.S. equities like emerging market equities and possibly even more specifically Latin America, who reacted sooner than the U.S. Federal Reserve to the the early inflationary pressures may benefit uh, most from this recent pullback in the dollar. We've seen and may be in a more favorable position to lower interest rates should inflation truly begin to moderate. Excellent. All
0: right. So those are the probably the three most important uh, equity asset classes. So let's shift gears and look uh, at fixed income. I mean, you know, people talk about what happened in equities last year, but, you know, the the, the rise in U.S. Treasury yields was, was really dramatic in 2022. And so what is the model telling us now? I mean, people are saying, well, bonds are back. What is the model saying?
1: Yeah, well, because the Fed aggressively increased interest rates to combat inflation throughout 2022, the yield curve for U.S. Treasuries, you know, rose significantly throughout the the year and inverted. So just to be clear here, right, we started the year in 2022 with an upward sloping yield curve. So the three-month yield was zero-ish and the 10-year yield was around one and a half percent. You fast forward to the end of the year and the yield on the three-month popped up to four and a half percent-ish and a 10-year at just under four. So that's a big move in a short time frame. And generally, that's not a good thing for equity market valuations or bonds for that matter. Uh, also in 2022, real yields, that is the nominal yield adjusted for inflation, rose from around minus 1% to positive 1.5%. Right? That's a really large move as well. Uh, therefore, unlike last year, TIPS now earn a positive real return over and above CPI, which is still above 6%. Interestingly, the market's inflation expectations just remain anchored, though, well below the current inflation rate at just over 2% when you look at those break-even numbers, which suggests the market has a good deal of confidence in the Fed's ability uh, to to rein in inflation and to do it rather quickly. Should that outlook change because it becomes clearer that bringing CPI into the 2% area in a year isn't going to happen? and we see a rise in these inflationary expectations, that could result in further capital appreciation for TIPS investors. This will also be a positive for gold, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, Just want to touch on credit. Um, The model research just continues to indicate caution there in the corporate credit market. Should the US economy slow and pressure corporate earnings, then corporate credit spreads could widen again. And uh, that that would likely hurt investment grade bonds as well as high yield bonds.
0: Yeah, you've just got, I mean, the cost of money has risen dramatically over the past year. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. So let's look at real assets, gold uh, and commodities. I know that we've moved gold up a notch, right, in terms of its attractiveness. What is the model showing us there?
1: Right. So just to recap, right, in 2022, we saw, and we just spoke about this rise in real interest rates from the minus one to the positive one and a half. Uh, the interesting thing is that they've kind of leveled off now, these real yields. indicating this potential pause, which would be a positive development for gold. And we've actually seen gold prices climb recently, and maybe it's in part due to that. Um, Should the Fed begin to relax its monetary tightening and or even indicate the timing for relaxing, the US dollar could weaken further, which could also be seen as a positive factor for gold. And as we know, gold may actually act as a a haven in tumultuous times, whether that's due to market liquidity issues or during times of heightened geopolitical tensions, thinking like, China, North Korea, Russia, these typical flashpoints. And so, you know, that just bolsters the case for it as well. And lastly, it's worth noting that many governments and central banks have recently been buying gold, much more so than normal. um, And that's also been supportive
0: of the price of gold. Great. Uh, Commodities. Did we cover that yet? No, we didn't, did we? We haven't. We'll we'll do it Let's cover commodities. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Commodity prices prices, uh, weakened, right, with the decline uh, in the price of oil, which was likely triggered in part by the U.S. government's drawing down uh, our our U.S. strategic petroleum reserve, the SPR. Of course, the U.S. government will now need to replenish, refill that SPR, which should be supportive of creating a price floor uh, at the minimum for the price of oil, if not helping it up more. You know, this combined with China's reversal of its COVID zero policy that we, we touched on already and the potential restart of the Chinese economy that could increase demand, that could that could help push oil prices higher in the short term. Other commodities such as food and agriculture we've talked about may also benefit from the ongoing you know, maelstrom that, were, that was brought on by Russia's invasion of Ukraine that's still ongoing almost a year in, as well as the continued severe drought conditions we've seen uh, around the globe. Uh, in 2023, commodity prices will be reliant on the path of the global economy and at risk if the monetary tightening by the world's central major banks uh, triggers a material economic slowdown or even a, a global recession. So, you know, we feel like it's on this this knife edge and it could really go either way. And it's going to be in response to some of these these items we talked about.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good explanation. Thank you for that. So, all right. Well, great. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for the update on our outlook as we begin uh, 2023. Uh, we'll also be keeping a close eye on the path of inflation and interest rates as we make our way through uh, the year. So that will do it for Eric and me. We'll be back again in February with the next edition of the three Edge View from the Edge. If you would like a hard copy our full view from the Edge newsletter for January 2023, you'll find that on our website, which is at threeedgeam.com. And as a reminder, Our entire library of video content is always available on our 3Edge YouTube channel. So on behalf of Eric and everyone here at 3Edge, thanks for listening. This commentary is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy securities. The opinions expressed in View from the Edge are those of Mr. Foltz and Mr. Beagleisen and are subject to change without notice in reaction to shifting market conditions. This commentary is not intended to provide personal investment advice and does not take into account the unique investment objectives and financial situation of the listener. Investors should only seek investment advice from their financial advisor. The observations include information from sources that 3Edge believes to be reliable, but the accuracy of such information cannot be guaranteed. Investments, including common stocks, fixed income, commodities, and ETFs, all involve a risk of loss that investors should be prepared to bear.